Welcome to the Scripture Memory Podcast, a ministry of Scripture Memory Fellowship. If you've ever felt like memorizing God's Word is an uphill battle, stay tuned. This podcast will help you make Bible memory a consistent and enjoyable part of your daily life. After all, knowing Scripture is the first step towards a fruitful, God-honoring life. So whether you're a new memorizer who needs some practical Bible memory tips, or a veteran memorizer who just needs some encouragement for their journey, stay tuned for today's episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast, the podcast where we are helping you make Scripture memorization a consistent and enjoyable part of your daily life. I'm Dakota Lynch. And I'm Randy Williamson. And I'm Hannah Koner. So in this episode, we're actually going to introduce a brand new series. This is a series that we've really been working on, preparing for, for a while, and it's called Scripture Memory Moments Throughout Church History. And the reason we call it Scripture Memory Moments Throughout Church History is, of course, that Scripture um, memory has been part of church history, and yet we're not going to take the time to examine 2,000 years worth of church history Uh, But we do want to just take some time over these next few episodes and explore different points in church history and the role that scripture memory had uh, in the different eras of the church. And so this will be a learning experience for for you. I hope it's been a learning experience for us as we've been preparing for this episode. And so we're just really excited to uh, to dive in with you. And Randy, as we uh, prepare to get started, why don't you begin as we often do with our passage of the day? Sure, Dakota. Our passage or our verse for the day in this case comes from the book of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 22, verse 28. God's word says, do not move the ancient landmark that your fathers have set. Uh, The original idea in this verse, the idea of an ancient landmark would have been a land boundary that was set, you know, generations beforehand. The idea is that that current generation was not to move it, not to change a land boundary uh, in order to make a dishonest gain. Uh, We might apply it in this way. You know, we stand up on the shoulders of other believers who've come before us. A lot of times we want to be iconoclasts. We don't want to look back at tradition. We don't want to look back on those uh, that have come before. We kind of want to break the mold. And in some cases, that's good. However, in some cases, that's bad. We want to learn from history. There are believers who were before us uh, whose lives, whose practices are very, very instructive. And scripture memory is one of them. As you mentioned, Dakota, in the introduction, uh, it's been a consistent part of believers really uh, throughout church history. And it's just until today where it's more of an anomaly. That's true. And I, I think about passages of scripture like Mark 7, uh, in verse 7, Jesus said, uh, in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. We do see in the New Testament where Christ came, and he had some some harsh words for those who basically took tradition as if it were the very word of God. And so we want to be clear, that's not what we're saying when, when we say this is what the church has always done, uh, because sometimes it can be dangerous just to follow tradition as if it's the word of God. But I think that passage, Randy, that you just shared from Proverbs does just remind us that when something has been there for a long time, it at least behooves us to take a moment and pause and say, okay, before I before I move this, 
before yeah. I decide that scripture memorization doesn't matter because we're in the 21st century, let me just take a moment and, and survey why this may have been such a key part of church history for these thousands of years. So, Randy, as we kind of dive in, and I know you've done a lot of the, of the homework and preparation for this episode, um, we wanted to look at this under four different headings and kind of explore four different aspects of what scripture memory looked like. Uh, during church history, and and I know one of the first things that uh, that we've decided to talk about is just the nature of the New Testament documents. But Randy, could you uh, share with us and with our listeners what we're talking about as we explore, particularly the nature of the New Testament documents? Sure, Dakota. One of the things that we're having to do in this episode is kind of be history, church history detective, so to speak. Uh, we can't really go back to. Uh, a document or what have you, it's a first church Corinth where they have their systematic program for scripture memory laid out for us. We can't do that. But what we can do is look at some key historical facts in the early church, do a little bit of detective work. And then I, I think it becomes quite obvious that uh, they did practice scripture memory. So that first heading that uh, that you alluded to that we want to talk about is the nature of New Testament documents. So when we think about uh, the Gospels, Acts, uh, the letters of the New Testament, we need to think about several uh, things concerning their nature. And uh, we can deduce from these uh, that early believers memorized Scripture. The first thing about the, the nature of the New Testament documents were and is uh, that they are authoritative so the apostles, uh, they understood inspiration. They understood that their writing carried with it apostolic authority as uh, the unique representatives of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have an example uh, from Scripture that they understood this in Second Peter 3, 15 and 16. Uh, Peter gives this instruction to the believers. He says, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just as our beloved brother, Paul, also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. And I think a lot of times we look at this passage and maybe jokingly, you know, even Peter couldn't understand some of the things that that Paul wrote. They're difficult. But there's a, even a greater thing uh, pertaining to the big picture. He cited the writings of Paul as scripture. At that early date, uh, the apostles understood that they were writing under inspiration with special authority. Now, how does this tie into scripture memory? Well, if you're in the early church and you're hearing Second Peter, uh, you're hearing Philippians, you're hearing Colossians, what you're hearing is a message from the king. What you're hearing is a message from a unique representative, an apostle, whose words carried authority. That meant that you would pour over them. You would give them a lot of attention. You would scrutinize uh, these letters and their words. And that would lead very naturally uh, to scripture memory. Uh, another thing about the nature of of these New Testament documents is that they were occasional. Now, what do we mean when we say that they were occasional? It doesn't mean uh, that they, you know, occasionally wrote things like just every so often. It meant that 
they were written for a very specific and unique occasion in the life of those believers. Now, because of inspiration, we know that uh, Scripture has a timeless relevancy. However, when the apostles originally wrote, they were engaging something that was very specific. Often, uh, they were writing to combat something like heresy or persecution. They were addressing something uh, that was difficult in the life of the church. That meant that those who were hearing that letter, let's say uh, going back to Philippians, uh, that's written to a church that is starting to experience persecution. Their beloved founding pastor is on trial. They're having a hard time. They're also going through uh, church conflict. There's heresy on the horizon. All those things are going on. So having this letter from Paul on that topic, they're going to really home in. They're going to cling to every word. They're going to read slowly. They're going to read deeply. And again, that would naturally lend itself uh, to scripture memory. Then another part of the nature of these documents is that they were widely read and heard. Uh, Something that we don't think about, I think, often enough in the early church uh, before the confirmation of the canon of Scripture, is that the books of the New Testament were already widely disseminated uh, to various congregations. Uh, The establishment of the canon of Scripture, it wasn't so much church leaders, you know, picking out books, but rather affirming what the church was already using. Uh, We have a hint of this in Colossians 4.16. It says, and when this letter has been read among you, uh, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. What Paul is basically saying is these two congregations swap letters, trade letters. So the, the early New Testament documents, they're already being widely disseminated. So we can assume that when a church would receive one of these letters or trade letters, uh, they would try to to remember as much as they could. They would commit as much as they could to memory uh, to hold on to it, because as we're going to talk about here in a a little bit later in the episode, there were no printing presses at the time. So the copies were relatively scarce. It's encouraging to know that Scripture being authoritative was from God, but yet given to us, and if it holds such importance, and it came from a king, that it is worth memorizing, it is worth meditating on and um, thinking on. And then, in conclusion, like you said, Randy, uh, the fact that this very word was widely read and heard, and we have a lot of proof of that, even in scripture itself, that that is um, almost like an element of repetition, like that can aid in memorization, but it's also proof of memorization that this was used all throughout scripture. And it's something that we should be doing today as well, not just leaving in the past. I think it's amazing when when we look at that passage from Colossians, when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. We read that in the 21st century and we don't get it because we're a very literate culture. We have the Bible all around us. We have it on our shelves, on our phones. This was probably something they were a little bit discouraged to find because they said, oh, you mean we don't just get to keep this? (laughs) But there is this sense that you need to take this information. You need to take this this word from the apostle and you're going to read it. You're going to study it and examine it carefully, but then you've got to pass it on 
almost like when you rent a book from the library and you have to devour it with some haste because eventually you've got to take it back. And so I think, Randy, that's such a key part of how we know that the early church prioritized scripture memory, because that was really their only way in the short term of hanging on to the words that they'd heard, because they didn't get to put that in their church library. They had to pass it on to another congregation and in exchange receive a letter perhaps from that church. And so, yeah, I think that's such a strong and compelling um, point to consider that these churches were memorizing because that was their only way of hanging on to hanging on to some of these teachings that they were receiving. Yeah, it's something that we're going to hit upon a little bit later in the episode, but uh, because of the scarcity of, of books and of documents, uh, readers, they read differently than we do. You know, we have books everywhere. We have the internet. I mean, resources abound. For them, it was different, you know, because of the scarcity, they would read slowly, they would read deeply, and it was for the purpose of of retention and to hold on to it. Something that really uh, struck me about the, the nature of the New Testament documents was that aspect of them being a, a occasional. Uh, I would ask the two of you, you know, have you ever had just a, a really difficult season in life where, you know, fill in the blank, you know, what's going on, but it's definitely just a time of valley and trial. And you received a letter from someone. You got a letter from someone and you read it over and over and over again, just because of how encouraging it was, uh, how it supported you, how it helped you. Oftentimes you'd read that letter maybe so much that you knew just about every word by heart, that's what's really being stressed when we say that the the, the, old, the New Testament documents are occasional. You're going through heresy. You're going through persecution. You're going through church conflict. You're going through all these types of things, definitely difficulties. And someone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ writes to you, you're going to drink that in. You're going to remember it. So, you know, I think that's a really strong evidence, a piece of evidence that they memorize scripture. Absolutely. I think about, and this is uh, just one example, but have you ever had your car in for repair and you're wondering what's wrong with my car? I've been hearing this funny noise. And then you get the call from the mechanic and he says, okay, I was able to diagnose the problem. Immediately your ears perk up and you begin to listen so carefully because you understand that everything you're about to hear is very, very important. And it's going to be helpful to you in determining what do I need to do? How much money am I going to spend? And you may not say to yourself, I will now memorize the words I'm about to hear, but you will memorize the words you're about to hear so that when your spouse says, what was the, what was the situation with the car? You can rehearse that to them. And I think similarly, isn't it in first Corinthians where Paul uses words like, concerning the things that you wrote to me about. You know, he was answering questions in some cases from these congregations, and now comes the answer. And so they're ready. Maybe they've been anticipating all of the possible things he would say, and now he's coming back with the verdict uh, of how they should respond. And so no doubt those were things that they internalized in their memories because it was so uh, important to them. And of course, it, it carries continued weight for us today. So, Randy, you've just kind of walked us through why scripture memory was happening. And we know it was happening because of the nature of the New Testament writings. Um, but also, let's talk a little bit about 
uh, the nature or the character of those New Testament believers, just the, the world that they were living in. Can you walk us through how that helps us recognize the fact that they were memorizing? Yeah, Dakota. And, uh, you know, this is by no means exhaustive. This is just us pulling just some basic uh, cultural um, background characteristics that would uh, help us to see or to deduce. Yeah, they are most likely memorizing scripture. So when we think about the uh, the world in which the New Testament believer lived, let's talk, first of all, about language. They lived in the Greco-Roman world. Uh, the Roman Empire was the most dominant uh, empire force, on humanly speaking, on the face of the earth. But the language that was spoken, the lingua franca, franca I might say, uh, was not Latin, the language of Rome. It, it was Koine Greek. This is amazing to me. You know, God wisely decreed uh, the time for the coming of Christ. We, we read of that in Galatians 4, 4 to 6, in the fullness of time. And all of the things that God had set in order for Christ's coming and for the transmission of the gospel. One of the things that he did, he used a pagan king, Alexander the Great, to spread Greek culture and influence uh, throughout the known world. So at the time of the early church, uh, the universal language in the known world was Koine Greek. And so what were our New Testament documents written in? They were written in Greek. So these documents, when you're sitting there, uh, you're an early believer, you're hearing it publicly read. It's in your language. You're not hearing a translation. You're not hearing a, a paraphrase. You're hearing it, God's word, in your words, in your language. And that would make memorization possible and easier with it coming in your own language. Um, another thing about uh, New Testament believers is not only the language that they spoke, but then also uh, their literacy. Uh, the New Testament, by and large, was written to be uh, read aloud from the research that I, that I did. Uh, it indicates that literacy rates, they were relatively high. Uh, in the Roman Empire, they'd fall drastically in the Dark Ages with the fall of the Roman Empire. But when we think about the makeup of the early church, for the most part, they're the lower strata of society. Uh, we read about that in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26. They're the lowest strata of society. So a lot of them were Ill illiterate. And so illiterate and oral cultures, they depend uh, more heavily on memorization to retain and pass on uh, meaningful information. So understanding something about their literacy rate, we could say that uh, it's not a great leap to say that the early church would commit significant portions of scripture uh, to memory just for retention, just so that they could have it. Because uh, not only were the copies were scarce, if they had a copy, they might not be able to read it. And then the, the last thing, and this is, pretty obvious, but we need to uh, understand uh, what the result of it is. You know, they're living before the printing press. Uh, it wasn't until the invention and widespread use of Gutenberg's movable type printing press uh, that you had a lot of copies of books before then. Uh, documents were copied by hand. That's a tedious process. That means that books are not readily available as today. So, the scarcity of books, it influenced the way authors wrote them, and it also influenced the way readers would read them. 
So an author that's writing, they had a tendency to pack their words more densely with content and material. Readers had a tendency to read differently then. They would read uh, slowly, methodically, repeatedly. This might be only one or two books that you would own. You might be borrowing it for someone. So you wanted to treasure that information, treasure that content. The early church understood that the uh, apostles were authoritative. They were writing under inspiration, that this was God's word to them. So they would definitely treasure the contents. So they'd pour over it. They would memorize it. Uh, Hannah, I want to get your thoughts on this. As we look at these reasons uh, that we can be sure memorization was happening, as Randy mentioned, the language uh, being so centered around Greek uh, is, is one key factor. But, but as Randy also mentioned, in that culture, based on literacy and the lack of a printing press, they were kind of forced to memorize. What would you say to listeners uh, who may be responding to that with, with the thought that we're no longer at that disadvantage? Hey, we, we do have uh, a more literate culture. We do have a printing press. And so maybe we get a free pass. What's your response to that, Hannah? Yeah, it's amazing also to just look back and see that they had a need for memorization and they depended heavily on it because they didn't have the resources that we do today. But even amidst the difficulty that they did have in some areas, um, they still valued it and saw it as something that was to be done. And sometimes we can look at uh, our culture today and we can say, well, our culture is different. Our lives are different. Um, The way we use our time is different. We have all these different languages. It's just readily available to us. So memorization isn't isn't important, but truly the underlying reason for memorization hasn't changed. Like some of the circumstantial things may have um, changed, but the fact that we need God's word um, has not changed because we have that need as the early believers had that need and um, God's word is still scripture. And we need that regardless of if we're going through something difficult or if we're in an easier uh, culture, we still have scripture that is accessible. And that is something that God has given to every single believer. And it should be memorized and internalized because um, that is something that is biblical. And as we see later, even in this podcast episode and in this series, that the church fathers and those in history saw it as, as something that was essential. They didn't look at it as optional. Um and they did whatever it took to memorize that and to not forget the words of God because they were important. And that is something that we need to have as a mindset as well in our in our lives here in this easier culture. Anna, you said our, our reasons to memorize scripture might be different, but the benefits are still the same. I think about, you know, if we were doing a podcast and we were exploring the fact that in ancient times people had to walk everywhere. That would be an easy case to make because they didn't have cars. <laughs> and we might say, well, today we have cars, and so we shouldn't ever have to walk. <laughs> Our reasons are different. We do have cars, but we also recognize people need to be able to get around. We need to exercise. <laughs> we need to stay active. And I think we're seeing the same sort of parallel where in those days people were forced to memorize due to the circumstances and the culture that they were in. And yet the benefits that they experienced are the same benefits that are available to us uh, in this modern day. Now, uh, as we launched into this episode a few minutes ago, we said we're going to touch on these four components, these four 
ways that we know that scripture memory was happening in the early church. Um, but as as we've just spent a few minutes here on the first two items, I think it might be good if we go ahead and just uh, bookmark this episode and then pick it up with a part two. And we hope that you will be sure and join us for that episode because the next two points are going to be so potent and you'll see more clearly than you've seen yet just how uh, real scripture memory was in the early church. And so we hope that you'll join us uh, for our next episode. Subscribe, and we look forward to having you with us for the next episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast, a ministry of Scripture Memory Fellowship. At SMF, our mission is to help you know, live, and love God's Word. If you're ready to take the next step in your Scripture Memory journey, visit us online at scripturememory.com or download Verse Locker, our free Bible memory app. As always, be blessed today as you take time to enjoy God's Word. And be sure to join us next time for another episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast.